I'm a humanitarian at heart. So I see nuclear as a vehicle that will deliver prosperity to the African continent. Welcome to the Political Economy Project with the goal of creating universal prosperity for today and future generations. My name is Evan Papp and I'm the executive producer of Empathy Media Lab, which publishes content on labor, political economy, art and culture, and we're a proud member of the Labor Radio Podcast Network. Today, I'm speaking with Princey Mtumbeni, who is a nuclear communications specialist mobilizing women and young people in the field of nuclear science and technology. Princey, thanks so much for your time. Uh, thank you, Ivan, and greetings to your viewers. Thank you. And could you begin by introducing yourself and how you got interested in nuclear energy? Um, I am a nuclear communication specialist. I am also a founder of Africa for Nuclear, which is an advocacy campaign that aims to promote nuclear as a key contributor to achieving Africa's agenda for sustainable development. Why I chose to advocate for nuclear is because after joining the nuclear industry, I learned so much about nuclear energy and its different applications. And I said to myself, how come majority of people like ordinary citizens don't know about this incredible technology and the, and the amazing work that nuclear workers are doing? And then I took a responsibility to inform the public about nuclear energy and its applications. And I did so mainly to help them get involved in energy discussions so that they can influence the direction of their energy policies in, in their respective countries. And also even, I regard myself as an agent of change. I'm, I'm a humanitarian at heart. So I see nuclear as a vehicle that will deliver prosperity to the African continent. And South Africa has a history with nuclear energy. Could you share that history uh, with the audience that may not even be aware that there is already a nuclear power going on in South Africa? Oh, yes, definitely. South Africa is the only African country right now with a commercial nuclear power plant. It is called Kuber Nuclear Power Plant. It's uh, situated in the Western Cape province here in South Africa. And also we have a Safari research reactor, which started operating in 1965. And South Africa is among the top producers of nuclear medicine globally. So we have been a player in the nuclear um, space for a very long time as the country. Yeah, and a lot of people don't realize that the nuclear medicine part of it has uh, saved millions of lives you know, definitely every day, absolutely. And the whole idea of energy is life. And it's not just th that Africa needs energy, everywhere needs energy to have a modern lifestyle and really trying to promote the policies of a high wage, skilled union wage job economy, political economy with um, technology that produces as little amount of waste as possible with the highest amount of energy production. I mean, nuclear really, really shows that. And I also lived in Zambia for three years with my time in Peace Corps. And I was in a place where there was no running water, no electricity. We were cooking over open fire stove and the poverty was very, very great. Could you just take a, a step back and just talk a little bit about the amount of energy poverty in Africa and, and why there is such a great need for something like nuclear? 
Thank you, Evans. You know, Africa is home to 17% of the world's population, but it accounts uh, for just 4% of the global power, which is the lowest in the world. An estimated over 600 million Africans do not have access to electricity, and 900 million people uh, in Africa do not have access to clean cooking. Millions of Africans, they live in extreme poverty. And the United Nations predicts that the African population would have doubled by 2050 and amounting to a total of approximately 2.5 billion. With electricity demand expected to triple by 2040. So as the continent, we need to start preparing for this projected energy demand now, as soon as possible. And in doing so, we, we need to look at the, the energy security needs for Africa's future power system. And given the broad ranging socioeconomic challenges of the African continent, the future power system requires a fundamental shift. It has to fulfill all the dimensions of energy security. And those dimensions are number one, low cost and affordability. Number two, the availability and reliability. Three, positive socioeconomic impact. And lastly, positive environmental impact. And, um, you know, nuclear ticks all the boxes. It's a clean energy source, which is base load, non-intermittent, dispatchable and is, is well suited to address the energy poverty on the African continent in an environmentally acceptable manner. So I, let's talk a little bit about the energy just for the, the audiences that uh, may be coming with some preconceived notions. So I was checking my Instagram feed because I just posted a video on the comparison of nuclear build out in uh, China versus the United States and how we've been shutting down reactors here while China is like going full forward oh, to their to their credit. And uh, one of the comments I received is like, what about the waste? how they currently handle the nuclear waste is perfectly fine for the next coming hundred years. In South Africa, we have been a player in, in the nuclear space since 1965. And many people don't even know that we have nuclear plants or nuclear re uh, research reactor in, in South Africa. And the scientists who are working in waste disposal areas are doing a pretty much good job in ensuring that the environment and people are safe from being exposed to radiation. Yeah. And I always like pointing out that nuclear has a waste stream that they is fully accounted for in the whole process. Unlike coal, unlike wind and solar are producing a lot of waste and there's no uh, disposal plan. And even the so-called waste of nuclear, uh, these fuel rods still have a lot of energy in them and they just need to be recycled and re-fissioned and can actually generate tremendous power uh, going forward if we don't keep, continue shutting our breeder reactors down in the West. It, it's true. It's not, it, I mean, it's, it's one of the few industries that accounts for its waste. Yeah. So I'm interested in the things that you're posting on your LinkedIn feed. One of the posts is the hypocrisy of the West. And you, you write what they think is good for us versus what is good for them. And it's about the UK energy policy that is adopting new nuclear and at the same time preventing nuclear development in Africa. And this whole idea of eco-colonialism. 
Could you talk about what that means to you? Um, events, if you look at the UK right now, they are facing unprecedented energy crisis. It was reported last year that uh, 4.5 million houses are facing fuel poverty, and that number is expected to double um, this year. That's according to their uh, national energy action. And also, if you look at Germany, Germany has been preaching about climate change mitigation. But if you if you look at them, they have spent two decades aggressively building their weather-dependent energy fleets. And uh, in that process, Germany has not even, like, they still remain the biggest emitter in, in Europe. And according to Germany's federal report, their electricity prices have doubled and they continue to, to go high. But these are the same nations that are in Africa, you know, telling us we, that we should use the same weather-dependent energy sources that have not worked in their nations, that have put their nations in energy crisis. Let's talk about the current war in, um, that is happening in Russia and Ukraine, which has really affected, affected their supply of gas from Russia. They are here in, in Africa to buy our coal, but they are saying we must phase out coal. So that's the hypocrisy I'm trying to address because they are consistent in, in ensuring that they destroy the lives of Africans. It's, it's rather not only hypocritical, but also inhumane. So that's the <laughs> hypocrisy that I was talking about on LinkedIn. Yeah, and it's almost like the chickens are coming home to roost where you have this Western policy that has prevented development in so many countries uh, through the IMF and World Bank and, and international development agencies. And now they're applying these policies in California and Germany and electricity prices are going up. And they're talking about now in Germany, they're still thinking about shutting down these nuclear plants. At the same time, they're talking about people freezing and dying in Germany this, this coming winter, which was once unthinkable just a few years ago. And you were at COP26, and I first came about your work through Decouple Media, which is a, a really great platform. And they filmed you where you were talking to the German minister about shutting down nuclear. And you talk about Africa needs to industrialize and how important that is. Could you just talk about that experience of that engagement? Sure. I, I was, you know, privileged to attend the COP26 last year. And thanks to uh, UK Young Generation in Nuclear and American Nuclear Society and Generation Atomic actually afforded me an opportunity to be part of the group that was promoting nuclear there. So I had an opportunity to engage African leaders, <laughs> including, uh, you know, the German leader that you just spoke about. And when we went to, to the German pavilion, it was just after they announced that they have come together as developed nations to help South Africa phase out coal. So when I spoke to, to that government representative, I asked him, uh, why are they doing that? And in his response, he said, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase. They think that because South Africa is a poor country, it needs, it, it needs help more than them in order uh, to phasing out coal uh, and actually implement their just energy transition. Then my follow-up question was, are you doing the same in Germany? 
And then he said, no, um, <laughs> he said, no, 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 not yet. We think that we should prioritize South Africa because it's a poor country. And yeah, that, that really struck me as <laughs> hypocrisy once again to say, you are here spending so much money to a poor country and helping them to phase out coal and uh, which will destroy their economy. But you are not doing it in your own country. Yeah. So yeah, that's how actually I was able to expose their hypocrisy. And also what was positive about my engagement, especially with African leaders, for the first time I could hear African leaders, you know, being blunt about including nuclear in their energy mix. Then I was like, okay, that's a positive move. And, and I was happy about that. To say they are no longer, uh, you know, scared to talk about nuclear, except South Africa, of course, my, <laughs> my pavilion, you know, people there were like, Okay, no. Everyone needs to understand that there's these three parts of energy. There is the humanitarian side where people just need energy to survive. There's the economic side, which if you want to have industry, if you want to actually create high paying, high skilled jobs, you need a supply of electricity and energy that is consistent. It's base load. It's there almost all the time. And then for national security, you need to ensure that you have a reliable supply, that it's affordable, that it's clean, and that you can secure it. And nuclear can check all these boxes. And I'm so interested in the, the concept that everything that leaves Africa, all the commodities and everything else, leaves as actually manufactured products. So it's not just like raw materials that are going, but they are manufactured into high value materials. And so that most of the profit and revenue stays within Africa before it leaves the continent. So I, I'm very excited to see that some of the first concrete has been poured for Egyptians' first nuclear power plant. What are some other developments that you're excited about in Africa? The economic impact that nuclear build programs bring in the country. We'll talk about our Quebec nuclear power plant. They reported a, an economic impact of 53 billion, uh, above the, uh, 53 billion between 2012 and 2016. And they created the government revenue of over 16 billion rands. And Quebec sustained on average more than two, or almost 2,000 direct jobs per year and uh, over 14,000 indirect jobs per year. And when we bring it back to, uh, to Egypt, the new power plant that they are building. I'm happy about that. And I will be, you know, watching the developments as they progress. That nuclear power plant is set to bring about a massive economic change. It was uh, reported that um, the authority will provide about 3,000 direct jobs, just the authority alone, and more than 6,000 jobs, they will come from the constructors and five times more indirect jobs will come from Egyptian companies. So uh, again, this shows how much nuclear build programs can positively impact our economies. So talking about the other exciting developments in terms of nuclear, we've seen Ghana moving ahead and issuing out the request for proposals for their, for their nuclear plant. We are, we've also seen the Uganda you know, uh, announcing that they have chosen a site to build nuclear. And uh, also Kenya, you know, is planning to start with the research reactors. And Zambia too also 
um, talking about their research nuclear science and technology center yeah. that they, they're going to build so there's quite a lot of developments um, nuclear developments on, on the african continent which are exciting and i just hope that uh, <laughs> they progress because you you and i know that there are agents planted in our nations to make sure that you know no developments happen and they are dis disguised as climate change activities and they include our leaders by the way let's not take them off they, our leaders on the African continent, uh, they, they are helping to make sure that uh, this anti-development agenda, you know, succeeds. Yeah. And I'm glad that we are a generation of Africans who understand geopolitics. And um, it's not for long that we are going to fight back to those who think that they can come and bully us in our continent. Yeah, and I, I see a lot of the soft side of energy saying, here's solar panels, and, and maybe you get a, a solar light bulb in your village that doesn't do anything to actually help um, secure electricity for your village and longer-term considerations, and also leads to dependency of whoever's manufacturing those solar panels, which generally China has a full almost monopoly cartel. So that that that's one aspect as well. and. Um, I'm I'm very very hopeful as an American that we can have a more enlightened policy here to have better economic relations with countries in Africa and South Africa promoting nuclear energy and also high paid union wage jobs that we're actually working together on both higher wage jobs and higher density energy and uh, working together diplomatically like that. So as we move towards closing where do you see hope? Where do I see hope? Uh, I think the current energy crisis is a first step to hopeful and future because it has exposed those who are anti-development in our world. And so to me, with regards to our energy policies, especially on the African continent, I believe that not only Africa though, but the world is not ready to move away from fossil fuels. And that is the fact that we need to, you know, come to terms with. And so as the African continent, I advocate for not just nuclear, but also an energy mix that includes nuclear because energy is the backlog of the economy. I mean, once you sort out the energy issues or the energy security, chances are that country's economy is going to thrive. So I, I wish that our African leaders or our African people can also advocate for an energy mix that include all, that includes fossil fuels as well as nuclear. But with regards to just energy transition, we need to start looking at cleaner technologies so that we decarbonize and uh, address the climate change you know, effects. So I, I, I think that nuclear is best efficient to address that. And while addressing the issues of underdevelopment and high unemployment and many other socioeconomic issues that we face as the African continent. So I want to see policies that include nuclear in their energy mix. So how can people follow your work? Africa for Nuclear is on all social media platforms, be it Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, TikTok and YouTube. Uh, we are all on those platforms, but you can also follow me, Prince Tombeni, on 
on Twitter and LinkedIn. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, those are platforms that I use mostly. It's Twitter and LinkedIn. All right. Well, Princess Mtombi, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Evans. And yeah, I wish you the best with your channel and <laughs> as it grows. <laughs>